With some school districts hesitant to publicize when coronavirus hits, the governor is ordering all schools to do so. Frank LaRose faces another lawsuit for limiting ballot drop boxes, this time in federal court, and $57,000 in payments to a top member of Frank Jackson's staff by the RTA were illegal, the state auditor says. It's the Wake Up, the morning news briefing from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer for Friday, August 28th. I'm the editor, Chris Quinn. Ohio will set requirements for how schools report and publicize coronavirus cases, Governor Mike DeWine announced Thursday. A new order will create a set of requirements on how coronavirus case information must be publicized and will lead to the state having a set of numbers updated weekly on the number of cases in schools. The schools must create a mechanism for parents to report cases, like using an existing attendance call-in phone line. Then, within 48 hours of learning of a case of a student or staff member, the district must contact the local health department and make the information about a positive test publicly available, which could be done through a press release or the district's website. Schools will also have to notify parents in writing about the case and include as much information as possible without disclosing protected health information. The order is not yet posted online. Voting rights groups sued Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose late Wednesday, seeking to dismiss his directive that forces each county to have just one drop box for absentee ballots. The League of Women Voters and the NAACP are among the groups represented by lawyers filing the lawsuit in U.S. District Court in Cleveland one day after the Ohio Democratic Party filed a similar suit in Franklin County Common Pleas Court. The federal lawsuit says the drop box limit violates the constitutional rights of voters by limiting their ability to cast ballots. Both suits are part of what has become tradition in Ohio in presidential election years, lawsuits to change the election procedures at the very last minute. The Ohio Auditor says Valerie McCall, chief of government affairs for Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson, was illegally paid $57,200 over 12 years to serve on the governing board of the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority. McCall originally declined the payments, but then she asked for them retroactively. She says she did so under pressure from the RTA so that payments would be uniform to all board members. RTA reassessed the situation and halted the payments two years ago. But McCall doesn't have to pay the money back. Auditor Keith Faber's office ordered Joe Calabrese, who served at the time as the board's secretary-treasurer, his bonding company, and then board president George Dixon to repay the money because Calabrese and Dixon authorized those illegal payments. If you want to know how First Energy has used its muscle and money to bully, cajole, and manipulate lawmakers for years, reporter John Caniglia's story on Cleveland.com has all of the details. Interviews and hundreds of pages of documents show how First Energy and its affiliates have used an army of lobbyists, lawyers, and consultants, as well as political contributions to pressure state lawmakers to get what they want when they want it. The companies have used a rough-and-tumble political style to gain legislators' support through fear or favor, seeking to mold even the most independent lawmakers into compliant followers. 
with legislators still doing nothing to repeal the corrupt $60 million first energy bribery scheme that resulted in a bailout of the company's nuclear plants, the story will make you wonder whether the companies still are using that influence. Cleveland Clinic, Metro Health System, and University Hospitals healthcare workers who are exposed to COVID-19 positive workers may not be automatically quarantined or tested. Julie Washington surveyed Northeast Ohio hospitals on their policies. Each instance is handled on a case-by-case basis, the hospital systems say. Some employees must use paid time off if they are tested and awaiting results. This flies in the face of best practices as laid out by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which states that healthcare personnel who have had close contact with people who tested positive for the coronavirus should be tested as part of community contact tracing. Some employees see the lack of automatic testing as evidence of the hospital system's disregard for employee health. We're always overloaded with news for the Friday edition of The Wake Up, and today is no different. Thank you for listening. We'll be back Monday to start the week with another roundup of the latest news. 